Hey there, welcome to the Hot Slice Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today Magazine. I'm joined today by Creative Director Josh Callen of Pizza Today. What's up, Josh? What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? Man, I'll tell you what, man. It, th- things are things are looking up because we've got a great guest today, uh, Nick Bogatz, who owns and operates Caliente Pizza Draft House in Pittsburgh. I believe he's up to five units. He contributes to Pizza Today magazine with the monthly column. He speaks at the trade shows. All around good guy, wealth of wealth of knowledge and information. Um, just a fun dude to talk to. Yeah, Nick is one of the busiest guys in the business. He's got a, a podcast called The Business Equation. Like I said, he's an author, world pizza champ. I'm sure he doesn't get bored very often. No, and you know, I keep anytime I think of Nick, the first thing I think of is the keynote address he gave in Atlantic City yep. last year at Pizza Pasta Northeast 2019. It was a uh, heartfelt. Was sure, it was moving. It it uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say I had tears in my eyes at three different points. Um, talk about a guy who had been through the ringer in the business world and in life in general, and he's the kind of guy you want to root for and see succeed and he had he had a, a room of you know several hundred people in tears multiple times you know if if i'm opening up a pizzeria tomorrow he's one of the first three four guys that i'm talking to for sure absolutely well i'll tell you what man Let, let's let's get right to it and bring nick on let's get it rolling hey everyone it's katie art director at pizza today here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial break Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. And now, back to the slice. Well, Nick, you just let us in on a big surprise, some big news. Today is your 20th wedding anniversary as we record this. And Josh, I'm pretty honored that Nick decided to spend his wedding anniversary yeah. with us instead of his wife. I mean, how did that conversation go? Hey, um, you know, we, we I need to record this podcast before we go on our anniversary meet. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see that. Hey, Nick, it's our 20th. Are you going to take me somewhere special? Right. I know, well, babe, I would, but Josh and Jeremy want to talk to me on the Hot Slice podcast. Well, I think uh, if you have, you know, if you've got that support of somebody like that for for 20 years, I think they in this industry they definitely get it. So you know, there was there was no surprise there, but um, you know, she was she's always happy to to be supportive, and I think that that helps. But yes, she's just getting ready, packing the car, and we're gonna take a quick getaway today. I've got a camp up north, and I just uh, about three weeks ago I got a Marifuna delivered so i'm gonna go and um cook some pizzas tonight on it oh wow that sounds like you, you, we can just join <laughs> yeah. along on your anniversary retreat if you like <laughs> well i don't know man when, when i think of camp i think of maybe a sparse campground maybe maybe an rv maybe maybe just a tent with an air mattress maybe a fire with some s'mores and hot dogs but you've got a camp with a pizza oven pizza ovens and bigfoots Geez, we how do we get how do we get invited to this camp? I think we need to spend a relaxing a retreat. Camp. Yes, a yeah, pizza yeah. today retreat. That sounds good right to me. Here. We just make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Nick, you've been writing a um, you've been writing a series for Pizza Today magazine for a few months now that 
really focuses on what a pizzeria operator should keep in mind when he or she decides they're going to take the next step in the career and open another pizzeria or, or acquire an existing pizzeria that they want to rebrand. You have a lot of experience with that. Um, what, what sort of things do you keep in mind f- for the reader when you are putting that column together for pizza today? What I've tried to really do is just start at the very beginning, you know, take somebody from, if they would go back and start reading the first one and then by the time um, it goes through, just really taking them through the journey. Um, because that's what it is. It's a journey. You know, it's not a, it's not something quick. It's not a uh, part-time hobby. It, it's uh, definitely a journey. And I think as you prepare to get ready to open a new store and you, you uh, take the steps to do it and you go through everything that, that comes up during it, um, you just got to make sure you enjoy it too, because when you get to the end and you do finally open, it feels so rewarding. But, um, you know, a lot of where the excitement comes in is in the process of it. Well, right now, Nick, you have five stores. We have five, and um, you know, I, I always take pride in that. I just roll the dice and and keep going with these with the the risk of opening one up. And we would have had a sixth one with COVID, but I did have to uh, make the very hard decision to really put that on the back burner. And um, that particular location might not happen, but we know the sixth store will happen. It just um, you know, with everything that was going on, we just didn't feel comfortable opening up a seven thousand square foot. Uh, restaurant in the middle of the pandemic. So yeah, but we have, we have, I have five at the moment. That makes total sense. (laughs) I think so, but it was still a hard decision. It really was. Yeah. You know, go ahead, ahead, Josh, go ahead. Well, are they all open and operating right now? So that's, that's, what's crazy. So we've gone from, um, you know, obviously the first two or three months, like everybody, I think up until June 10th, we, from March 15th to June 10th, we were just pick up and delivering. June 10th, they let us um, go ahead and open up for for takeout. It lasted 10 days, and then they shut that down. And then just in the last, oh, maybe seven days, they said we could open 25% uh, takeout. Now, I have, you know, um, you know, you guys have been there. There's 150 seats in, in each one. So right. it's like um, to be 25% capacity and it counts your staff and everything. We just decided to stay pickup and delivery for, for now is kind of where we're at. But we did have um, a case of, of COVID go through one of the stores about three weeks ago. So we did, um, you know, we went back and forth. We could have opened back up quickly, but we did shut it down for two weeks. Um, the staff is very uh, unsettled, you know, when it, when that happened. So I think it was probably the best choice just to reset the staff almost more, almost more than resetting the the store and getting it cleaned. It was probably more important just to reset the minds of the staff. And um, that's kind of what we've been working with. I mean, it's just um, everyday hurdles, I guess, you know? So Nick, was this uh, to follow up on that? Was this like one employee that had tested positive for COVID or was this multiple employees? And then were you, was this a voluntary decision on your part to let's just completely close down for a couple of weeks? Or did you receive guidance from, from the health department mandating, mandating that you close temporarily. Um, how does that work in Pennsylvania more specifically in, in, in your county? Sure. So I'll, I'll take you through the, the life here of, you know, the, I think a lot of people listening can kind of um, relate to this, you know, the life of the, the pizza operator, everybody sometimes thinks it's uh glory and, and, you know, you're making all this money and everything else. But you know, the truth is I, I woke up on my birthday, um, June 30th, Everything was great. Going to do a little bit of celebration. I worked in the morning and I uh, got a phone call. Hey, uh, one of our drivers come back with positive test. 
Oh boy, you know, so, okay, well, how long ago? When was the last day he worked? Everybody checks, eight days. Okay, eight days. So I call the health department. I, I mean, very next call. I just figured, you know what, the safest thing to do, call the health department and listen to them. I have a great relationship with them. He's helped us open stores and everything else. He said, look, Nick, I said, do I have to close? He said, no, we don't want you to close. Uh, it's been eight days. He said, you've sanitized seven or eight times. You just have to figure out if uh, anybody was in close uh, personal space for 10 to 15 minutes with no mask with this guy. And if they were, uh, those people need to be tested. And, and that's it. And they need to be quarantined. So I called, a, you know, this is the first time I went through it. So I called a, a phone meeting, um, told the staff this. Everybody went hysterical. You know, nobody listened yeah. to the, if you were close and, you know, without, everybody's wearing masks. So nobody was close to this guy. But they did have, of course, you know, guys are out partying together. They're sharing vape pens and everything else. So we had about four guys that needed to be quarantined. Um, so that, that's what that's what they did. Um, another guy, um uh, younger guy was was working uh this was on like a tuesday or no maybe i guess it was like the week yeah it was like a tuesday i guess that was my birthday so then um wednesday another guy went and got a test but he got a test because his his uh friend of the family had it so his mom made him get a test younger guy 20 21 22 so he gets the test and uh in the meantime you know there was a lot of just back and forth of should we close, shouldn't we close. Um, the health department told me not to. My guys wanted to. I also had a, a good bit of people who didn't want to close. You know, they're like, look, we don't want to close. We want to we want to work. Like we want, I'm counting on my money this week, you know? So they're like, well, whatever you guys want to do is fine. So they decided to stay open. In the meantime, this other guy gets, gets tested, doesn't tell anyone he gets tested, works Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday in the middle of a uh, group text, he says, Hey, I'm positive. <laughs> so by that time, yeah, he's worked 40 hours and four days. He worked with everybody. Um, you know, because of the first case, everyone's still on high alert. And um, I just decided, you know what? It's a Sunday. I can't call the health department. Just shut it down. So we shut it down. Um, my thought was, you know, we'll get everybody tested and then we'll reopen. When I called Monday, he said, look, Nick, um, I already had somebody come in and they did like a fogging that Monday and cleaned everything and um, like a COVID antibacterial spray. And then I said to them, well, can we, you know, what can we reopen? And the health department's like, look, you can uh, bring in another staff from a different store and open tomorrow. Like you can, you know, and, and uh, once again, reiterated that it was just people that would have been close with them. So I, I could have reopened. I could have had people test it and then uh, brought them back quicker. But like I said, the staff was just so unsettled. I mean, there was like a, a really disdain for what was going on. And, and out of the five stores, this is the store that's taken the most precautions. Um, they've been, they've got three, three or four bartenders over 60. Um, my general manager has some health, health concerns, so he's high risk. So it's like this store was the one that was, you know, the most nervous about it. And then this happened. So I just felt like the best thing to do for them was to shut it down for two weeks and then, I put out a memo to them and said, hey, I'm going to pay everybody for the next two weeks. And um, that's what we did. And then I called my distributor. They were awesome. We went over. They brought me a special truck and a worker. Me and him loaded it up, and we took all the perishables to all the other stores. So I think we closed Monday and did that on Tuesday. Well, that's outstanding leadership right there. Uh, I mean, you know, 
peace of mind for the employees. It goes a long way uh, in building that relationship. Yeah. You know, the other thing is I think most of the guys like, you know, like other guys in the business, we, we got the PPP loans. So I think um, that's kind of what they're for. You know, you know to, I mean, you, I just felt like I should pay everybody and just move on. You know, that was kind of the, the right decision. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to make sure everybody feels safe during this. That That's the biggest thing. And I think what we're trying to fight through now is uh, the normalcy of it. You know, trying to make it somewhat normal. If you go into the stores, there's signs everywhere saying, you know, um, don't enter, um, enter with a mask, call first, um, all this different stuff. And I was like, well, can't we just like get one sign that says everything on it? You know, it's like right. we might as well just hang yellow caution tape up on the stores right now. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, when the store looks like a murder scene, yes. it's a little disconcerting, right. right? Yeah, it's yeah, and it's all of them. They're just. They're just worried, you know, everyone's uh, pretty yeah. nervous. And then when that was going on, the backdrop was, you know, I have five stores. So I had uh, every, I probably had 15 tests that week. Like, and I had general managers getting tested. And um, it, it was really, it was really tough because, you know, you're waiting for these phone calls to come in and see if somebody has it. And uh, you're trying to think in your mind, like, I might have two stores that shut down. I might have three stores shut down. Like, it's just, uh, it drives you crazy to really worry about it. It really does. Yeah, I can only imagine. And like Josh said, you displayed amazing leadership Thanks. there, looking out for your staff and your employees. And, um, you know, when you take that financial hit, because it's definitely clearly a financial hit to not do business out of that store for two weeks and still pay your staff, I can only imagine that your staff is appreciative and sees that you are looking out for them and have, have their backs. Uh, and, and that's, you know, kudos to you. Fantastic. Great job. And the follow up that I have to that, a question that, came to my mind as you talked about that. I can't help but wonder what the ramifications are with your customers when they see that your store is closed for two weeks and they realize it's due to a positive COVID case. Um, how do you ease the mind of the public that your store is safe for them to come back and, and, and eat your food and conduct business with you? Uh, did you have any, any customers reach out to you and, 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 and are worried why is your store closed? Uh, am I going to get sick if I eat your food? Things like that. How do you navigate that very tricky situation? Well, I think with, with, with the pandemic, I think we can all agree that there's, you know, probably three, three camps of people. There's the ones that are super worried, the ones that just don't care. And then the ones that are just kind of in the middle and, you know, they, they wear a mask out in public, but that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so with that in mind, you know, what we decided to do is just be honest and, and transparent. So there were people that wanted to know like, Hey, um, was my delivery, was it your delivery driver? Was it a server? Who was it? And we told them like, Hey, it was a delivery driver. Um, we made sure we put a, a statement out that kind of said, Hey, uh, this is what happened. We had a case of COVID. Uh, we're going to close for two weeks. Everyone's going to be tested before they come back. And there were people that reached out. They want to know, like, was it my delivery driver? Uh, you know, you know, you say no contact, but we wanted to pay the guy in cash. Um, did we come in contact with them? So we would go back and, you know, we looked at the orders and call them back, say, no, it wasn't your delivery driver. I mean, we just were, we were honest with people, but out of that, we probably got maybe four people that wanted to know, you know, what day was it? Are we safe? And that was it. And, um, at that time, I, I explained a little earlier about how, you know, open, closed with what they did with our dining room. So our dining rooms were closed. So that was another plus, I guess. We were able to say, like, this employee didn't did not come in contact with uh, the public, you know. And, yes, he was a delivery driver, but we, that's why we do no contact delivery. So um, it seemed like it, it worked out well. I mean, nobody – we really didn't get any uh, backlash. And then this week we were about – 
Um, last week was the first week that we had a full week of sales being open with the store and we were about 20% um, off our mark. So, you know, it's been a little, little slow right now, I guess. Um, but it's hard to say, some people will say, oh, it's the middle of summer and people are on vacation. But I always say, you know, if, if you're slow, that means someone else is busy. So I just think uh, we're going back to the basics right now. We're going back to um, the fundamentals. We're going back to making sure what got us here. That's what we've been preaching to the guys. We want to make sure that we're making our great product and the services um, top notch. You know, we're quoting the correct delivery times and correct pickup times. And every order has a box topper. Every order gets a menu and a magnet. And we're just going back to what built the company right now. We feel like um, in the middle of the, the pandemic, we just need to go back to the basics and um, back to what, what built the company. And that's kind of our mind thought right now. Hey everyone, it's Katie, Art Director at Pizza Today, here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial break. Your friends at Message on Hold are happy to introduce our voiceover IP service. Message on Hold Phones is our solution for phone service. If the internet goes down, it's no problem. You can still take online and phone orders. No busy signal ever. Professionally recorded, customized messaging for your business ensures that your customer gets the message that you want delivered to them every time. Save money and get new phones. Visit www.messageonholdservice.com phones. If you're looking for a POS provider that truly understands pizzerias, look no further than PDQ. Designed from the ground up for the exact needs of pizzerias, PDQ POS has been doing pizza ordering, delivery, and takeout for over 32 years. With all the functionality you need in today's environment, including online ordering, rewards, seamless integration, contactless functionality, and so much more, PDQ is your single source for, well, everything. Learn more today at pdqpos.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. And now, back to the slice. Well, Nick, switching gears just a little bit, and kind of on topic of that, your marketing for Caliente is top notch. I'm not sure many pizzerias actually do it better. What are a few pieces of marketing advice that you can maybe give operators out there like right now? I think um, for a lot of people, I think it's gotten better. People, I was going to go into like, you know, a lot of people want to do Valpac and um, penny savers and different advos and stuff like that and different magazines and direct mailing. And there's a need for that. There is, but it can't be the only thing you, you do. I think if you or looking at ads, you have to look at spending money on Facebook. I think if you're not spending money on Facebook, it's not good enough just to have a Facebook page where you post stuff and um, that's it. Like you need to be spending money on Facebook. And with that being said, you need to do video. I think um, there's, you know, you guys have had great seminars over the past years about how to do video and different videos to do. And I think um, if you're following following other pizzerias across the country too. That's the easiest way to figure out what you should be doing. You should be, you know, following other pizzerias in, in different markets and watching what they're doing. And when they have great social media, um, it helps, gives you an idea like, Hey, that was a great promotion or yes, we should be doing uh, something like that. But you know, my, I'm always watching what the other guys in our, our industry are doing because I think um, there's some great minds out there and you can get a lot of, a lot of good thoughts. So, I'd say if you're a pizzeria out there, you need to, and you're not following other pizzerias across the country, you just, um, you should, you should follow them and then uh, take some of their ideas and make them your own. Do you, uh, do you have a marketing manager? How does, how does that work? Are you, are you, are you just bouncing these ideas off um, your other team members? How's that go? So for the first time, 
you know, we're September will be eight years in business. For the first uh, six years, it was just me did all the marketing, everything. And I had a, um, a girl who worked for me for three years at the time. She was everything. She she started as a phone taker. Then she was a server, then a bartender, then a cook, then a shift manager. So she literally worked every position. And she came to me in um, in January, uh, two and a half years ago, and said, hey, look, I'm about ready to get my marketing degree. And I love the company, and I'd like this to, to stay on. Is there a position that, that I could fill? And I at that time, I was like, well, I don't have a marketing manager. I do it all myself. I really don't need somebody. And um, but at the same time, it was somebody who's with, been with me a long time. So I really, you know, I wanted to kind of kind of see if we could do something here. So I said, well, yeah, let, we'll figure something out. I started to give her a little bit of projects. And I said, you know, when you um, graduate school in May, then we'll talk about full time position. So, you know, she did a, a nice job through those five months and uh, just doing some taking some little things off of my hands. And then I realized I was like, wow, I do agree. But I have so many ideas that I can't even do because I'm so busy that that if I had somebody else I could give these ideas to that could take the ball and run, it would be way better. So I brought her on full time. Um, I can't say at the time I could really um, afford a, a a salary. I mean, it wasn't like I'm paying a marketing person, you know, 12 bucks an hour. I gave her a full time, uh, like area supervisor, area um, management position, like, you know, full time salary with vacation days and um, everything else. So it was um, kind of a leap of faith. But I had so many things like, you know, we had the same website for five years. And I was like, you know, first job, redo the website. And then she knocked it out of the park, made a beautiful website for us working with our website designer. And then, you know, now we, we, uh, we talk every day uh, as I do with, with um, all my upper management team and, and we talk every day and we're working through things and um, you know, she brings a lot to the table and then there's a lot of, a lot of, I'm still directing the ship, you know, saying, Hey, this is where we need to go. But she also has a real great insight. And um, another great thing she did was, you know, I always want to do email marketing, but we just never did it. We had all these emails, but I had no idea, like, you know, to put them into MailChimp and all that other stuff that comes with it. But it was so nice to say, hey, take these, you know, 15,000 emails and and uh, we have a really nice newsletter that goes out once a once a week, too. So there's been a lot of different projects is what what she's done. Um, what, what, kind of, yeah. what, kind of, what kind of focus do you have on your newsletter? Like what what's what's in that newsletter for the customers? So what we decided to do was make it um, very consistent, you know, uh, every Monday, three o'clock. And then there's three things in there. There's, um, hey, what's going on this week um, with the overall store and the community? There's the uh, pizza focus. And then there's the um, a beer focus or, or uh, bar focus. So there's three of those things. And then we try to always include some sort of video in there with a link to to a video talking about like uh, this week's deal or something like that. That's great. Um, and just real quick, kind of let's go back to Facebook a little bit. Cause I know sure. you, you put a, a lot of time and effort into that. What's your Facebook's been like, as far as like, you know, uh, your demos and, and how's that work for you? We consistently spend at least $2,000 a month on Facebook. And then we do uh, increase it as we, as we um, need to. So, you know, there's times where we'll just spend more on Facebook. Um, if we're like, hey, we got a promotion coming up or we just um, won some big contest, 
you know, if we've got something that's going on that we need to promote or a new store, we'll put extra money on there. But, you know, it may sound like a lot. Like, if you're like, wow, he spends 2000 bucks a month. But, like, if you think about it, I don't think it's enough, honestly. When you start to think about five stores split into 2000 like, that's really, you know, 400 bucks a store. Um, it's probably not not enough, you know. But um, And you've been doing this for a while because I know two years ago when I was there, you were, you were heavily pushing in Facebook. So, evidently, yeah. you're getting a pretty good return on investment there. <laughs> I've been spending money on Facebook since 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, it was really cheap then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, you know, you got a lot more for it. Um, you know, and, and I think it's just, it's a good avenue. You know, we just keep working it and um, it, it works for us. It really does. We, we have a nice Instagram page and we use Instagram and um, Facebook's where it's at. That's that's where you can put your message out. You can target people if you want to target your your current um, customers. If you want to target new customers, um, if you're going into a new store and you want to blast out that you're going to be there, it's it's perfect. You can you know do five miles around your store. I mean it's it's um it's really where you have to be. If you're not spending money on Facebook, you absolutely. If you take nothing else from from this recording. You definitely have to spend money on Facebook. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, you guys are huge competitors as well. Uh, as well. You're, you know, members of the World Pizza Champions. You've, you know, um, you've competed in Vegas, Atlantic City, Italy. And I've noticed you have a new ad campaign where you're, you know, kind of uh, showing off your competition winning pizzas. How has the, the competition pizzas been received? Oh, they get received well. You know, I go back to maybe my first or second episode or – pardon me, my first or second expo and um, sitting in one of the one of the seminars and Michael Shepard was speaking and he said, look, he said, you've you got to compete in these competitions. you got to you got to try. If, you, if you've never um, tried, how do you know if you can win anything? But if you win or if you place, you can market the, it back from here to the moon, you know, and that's what he said. And um, it, it stuck with me and, and that was the whole idea that you know hey we need to go out and um and compete and that's where eric came in and that's where the whole um everything was built you know we built this culture that these guys man talk about a group that was uh you know really really uh down in the dumps a little bit about you know vegas and the coronavirus and everything right. i mean these guys wanted to go so bad and um you know they they worked so hard uh Jan december january february on some pizzas so I mean, it's it's one of those things that we definitely market it when we win. But you're right. We, we were going to do originally before COVID, this was going to be the Olympics was was going to happen. Right. So we were like, all right, we're going to tie in with the Olympics. We're going to do our championship pizzas with the Olympic summer champions. And then um, this all happened. So I was like, well, how we can't really do pizzas around the Olympics. You know, they're not even having it. What do we do? And uh, we had saved the one pizza that Eric placed with over in Naples um, specifically for this this uh, purpose to launch it now. So we said, why don't we make it about the customers? We'll call you know celebrating the customers, customers at uh, Summer of Champions, celebrating our Caliente customer, releasing a new um, championship pizza, and um, we started a promotion where a marketing director was tagging other people in Pittsburgh that that were um, that have won championships and in their fields and saying, you know, uh, tag, tag a champion today and different hashtags. And, um, it worked out really well. We've been selling a, a ton of, uh, it's the new one we released was the Luca Brase pizza. It's, um, one Eric made in, in Italy it has like a bunch of different sausages, bunch of different peppers and a fresh mozzarella on it. And, um, 
you know, along with re-releasing or we already have some of our other pizzas on the on the menu, but we put them more in focus. You know, our championship pizzas are also in focus with with the Luca Brasse this summer. Yeah, I think that's a, just an absolute great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. Hey, Nick, uh, we're going to let you go. We know it's your 20th anniversary and Angie, um, she probably wants you to spend the day with her instead of us. She's probably I don't know in the car, warming like it up. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I want to throw one thing out there to you guys too. My my son uh, yesterday he he showed me something. He's got it circled that uh he's coming for that young pizza maker of the year. Oh, I love it! I wish him well. Amazing. <laughs> hey, one last question before we let you go though. You do a, a lot of um a lot of speaking for us at the trade shows. You're going to be uh, sometimes you do food demonstrations. Sometimes you talk um, marketing, business growth and development, things like that. What do you have on tap for Pizza Pasta Northeast in Atlantic City this year. I'm going to take everybody through uh, how to open up a pizzeria. Like how do we, you know, new store opening um, right down to to everything from the very beginning all the way through the grand opening. Um, there's a course you can sign up for. Um, and, you know, I'm super excited for it. but put a lot of time and thought and energy and how to do it and present it in a way that um, people can walk away and actually um, be able to, to do it because I think that's the one thing when you go to any seminar, not even just pizza expo, but you go anywhere you pay to pay to go somewhere. You sit in a seminar and I hate sitting there and thinking, okay, this guy did that, but I can't do that. So I, whenever I present anything, I always try to think, okay, how can I break it down so that somebody can see exactly how they could do it in their store and, and, and they can implement the things that I'm talking about. So that's uh, anytime I present, that's the way that I try to present it. It's in a way that they can take it home and actually use it. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you need some help trying to open a store where I'm going to walk you through everything. So we're super excited about that. A couple of years Excellent. ago, a couple of years ago when we were there to visit you and you and Angie, yourself and Angie uh, walked us through the process when you're o- opening a new store, I was completely blown away. So everybody who, who joins this, uh, this uh, seminar is in for a treat. Awesome. I can't wait. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Happy anniversary to you. Thanks for making time for your friends at Pizza Today. Uh, We love you, and we'll see you soon, buddy. I can't wait to see you guys. Super excited. We have to make that retreat happen, too. We have a good time. (laughs) I'm down, man. Sign me up. (laughs) See you, Nick. All right. (laughs) See you, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks.